0: Two weeks ago, John Mark and I are coming back from Des Moines, Iowa. That's where I was when Pastor Dallas preached here instead of me, um, where we had gone for him to play soccer. I felt like I was getting a cold, tried not to cough too much. So we drove down the road, and Monday morning I woke up and I thought, wow, this is a pretty terrible cold. I'm not going to go into work today. The things I need to do, I can do from home. I don't want to give it to everybody else. And frankly, it didn't even cross my mind that it might be COVID. You know, I had been vaccinated, but I wear my mask and all those kind of things like that. Tuesday morning, Melanie says you're getting tested, tested positive for COVID 12 days ago. And friends, though, I support your right not to be vaccinated and I support your right not to wear a mask. I think you should be vaccinated and I think you should wear your mask. Um, I think the vaccine kept me from being hospitalized. The vaccine kept my family from getting COVID. The vaccine kept Carl Brown, who I sat next to in church council on Sunday afternoon for three hours from getting COVID. And so I don't mean to make a controversial statement, but just to say it it strikes everybody different. And it took me way down, uh, very weak and very tired, and I'm still not myself, and we'll see how long it is before I can go ride my bicycle for a couple hours again without, you know, having a heart attack on the side of the road or something like that. I just don't have the lung capacity or the ability that I did. And it's just crazy to me. It's a reality. It's the reality of the world we live in. But you know what? It makes me think of the things I have to be thankful for. I missed you guys last week. You know how your week's just not right when you're not here? When you don't get to gather together with brothers and sisters in the Lord, and you don't get to sing together? Yeah, you can sing at home. You can read your Bible at home. But there's something about being together to worship that God made us to do life together. I miss that. And I'm so very thankful for you. And it was Sunday that I turned the corner And I think, I wonder if it's because more people knew I was sick and more people prayed. It might have just been, you know, the virus had run its course and all that kind of stuff. But I have to think that God had a plan too. So thank you for your prayers for me and my family that we've made it through. Today, I want to talk to you about gratitude. The word gratitude comes from a Latin word, gratia, which means grace or graciousness, gratefulness, and depends on the context But in some ways, gratitude encompasses all of those meanings. Gratitude's a thankful appreciation that you have as an individual, uh, whether it's something tangible or intangible that you're thankful for. It's with gratitude that we acknowledge goodness in others in their lives. And in the process, we generally recognize that the source of that goodness is outside of ourselves. As believers in Jesus, we know the source of that goodness, and we can share that with everyone. So as a result, being grateful also helps us connect with something beyond ourselves. It's not about me. It's not just my needs and my wants and my life and my struggles, but it's about other people. It's about the world I live in, and it's about what God has called me to And how He's gifted me for Him. In positive psychological research, gratitude is strongly and consistently uh, associated with happiness. Gratitude helps people feel more positive emotions, relish their good experience, improve their health, deal with adversity, build strong relationships, all these things. There's a strong correlation between gratitude and happiness, And here's the interesting thing. If you're somebody who would like to be more happy in your life, you're happy because you're grateful, not the other way around. It's a decision that you make to look at the world and go, wow, look at everything that God has done, the way that God has blessed me, the way that God has ordered the universe. Therefore, I can be grateful and as somebody who is grateful, Happiness will follow. We know happiness isn't the end-all, be-all of life, but it's certainly nice to be happy. When we look around our world today with COVID, with inflation, with political infighting, with social unrest, with the Kyle Rittenhouse verdict and how you feel about that or how you feel about how the other side feels about that and all the other things that's going on, it would be easy for us not to be thankful. That's where I want to challenge us with Psalm 65, this amazing, beautiful, poetic psalm that draws our attention to why we can be thankful. And so I want to read that with you, and if you're able to stand with me in the honor of reading God's Word, would we do that together? It says, "'Praise awaits you, O God, in Zion. To you our vows will be fulfilled.' O you who hear prayer, to you all men will come. When we were overwhelmed by sins, you forgave our transgressions. Blessed are those you chose and bring near to live in your courts. We are filled with the good things of your house, of your holy temple. You answer us with awesome deeds of righteousness. O God, our Savior, the hope of all the ends of the earth and of the farthest seas. Who formed the mountains by your power, having armed yourself with strength? Who stilled the roaring seas, the roaring of their waves, and the turmoil of the nations? Those living far away fear your wonders, where morning dawns and evening fades. You call forth songs of joy. You care for the land and water it. You enrich it abundantly. The streams of God are filled with water to provide the people with grain so that you have ordained it. You drench its furrows and it's level its ridges. And you soften its showers and bless its crops. You crown the year with your bounty and your carts overflow with abundance. The grasslands of the desert overflow and the hills are clothed with gladness. The meadows are covered with flocks. And the valleys are mantled with grain. They shout for joy and sing. Let's pray together. God, we open your word and as we pray. Always we ask that you would open our minds and our hearts to understand what you'd have us to learn today. How you've called us to recognize and be grateful. To overflow with thankfulness for all the things you have done because of your greatness. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You can be seated. I can be thankful in a world that isn't for four reasons, according to my observation of this text. The first one is, I can be thankful because I'm forgiven by God. I'm forgiven by God because of his great mercy, is that he has forgiven me of my sins, that Jesus gave His life and shed His blood to pay the price for my sins, for your sins, for the sins of everyone who ever lived. And that's what our first few verses talked about. Praise awaits you, O God, in Zion. Zion is heaven. To you, our vows will be fulfilled because of what you have done for us. We have made vows back to you of what we will do for you in worship. God answers. God forgives in verse 2, it says, you hear our prayers, to you all men will come. That's our prayer, as Thomas mentioned, that we are about spreading the gospel. We are unapologetically evangelical. We talk about sharing the good news of Jesus, evangelism. We support missionaries. We support a church planner, Anthony. Our church planner for Hickman is here today. Wave your hand, Anthony. And we've got Pastor Hill planning a church among Hispanics as well. This is who we are. Verse three, when we're overwhelmed by sins, you forgave our transgressions. No matter my sin, no matter how much, no matter how long, no matter how far, God forgives. Isn't that amazing? God forgives. No matter what's wrong in your life, no matter how bad you feel, no matter how disappointed you feel, no matter how sad you are because people have let you down, you know you have sinned and your sin has earned you death. Yet, the God of the whole universe freely loves you and forgives you. That's the first reason I can be thankful in a world that isn't. The second reason I can be thankful in a world that isn't is in verse 4. But the statement is that I have a personal love for relationship with God. That's a statement from Henry Blackaby going back 20-something years to experiencing God. But each one of those words is chosen on purpose. It's not just that I have a relationship with God, but I have a personal. God knows me. He knows you. Everything about you. Everything you've ever done. Everything you will ever do. Yet, He loves you. You have a personal love relationship. Not just with anyone, not with a distant being, but with the God of the whole universe who is also the creator, the redeemer, the sustainer, and the lover of your very soul. It's pretty amazing to think about that. It says there in verse 4, blessed are those you choose. It's not because of any righteous thing I have done that Jesus chose to save me. It says, and you bring near to live in your courts. That's symbolic of being accepted by the king, that you live in the king's household. You live in the king's presence. The Bible says of us that we are heirs and joint heirs with Jesus. We have all the rights and responsibilities and the authority. And notice it says, we are filled with the good things of your house, of your holy temple. Everything that God desires for us, we have. I would say we have not because we ask not. And sometimes we might cross our arms and say, what do you mean I have not because I asked not? God knows I need this. I want to say, have you asked? Have you asked continually? Have you asked with the right heart and mind? Have you sought to confess anything that may be willfully sinful or disobedient in your life before asking so that God might clear the way that your character might be ready to receive it, the situation might be ready to receive it, that God can do what only He can do in your life? God desires to provide for you because you are His. Being in a relationship is an amazing thing. We have a slide to remind us about our um, Thanksgiving outreach. We've partnered for, I don't know, as long as I've been around with International Student Fellowship, Ron and Judy Spalding. And if you haven't already, if you would like to have an international student or two, generally they come in twos or threes because that way they at least have one friend there. In case you're not friendly, you should be friendly, by the way. But we've had them in our home before. We've been at the Brown Bogan House when they've been there before with our international friends, and it's delightful because you share what it means to be an American. You know, you eat your Uh, uh, Thanksgiving food, you maybe watch football, you play some games, and you sit around and visit. And it's this amazing experience of you inviting a couple international students to your house for a few hours. Yeah, you got to go pick them up at the university because they probably don't have a car. You have to take them home, but man, it is so worth it. So if you haven't already, there's the phone number. It's in your bulletin as well. It's on the news page for Miss Judy Spalding and their email address as well. And um, talk to your spouse about that. Maybe something fun you can do this Thanksgiving. Trust me, being in a relationship is an amazing thing. Let's move on in our text, though. The third thing that I can be thankful for, i can uh, even in a world that isn't, is that I trust God's sovereignty. I trust God's sovereignty. When you look at verses 5 through 8, that's what you see. It says that you answer us with awesome deeds of righteousness. O God, our Savior, the hope of all the ends of the earth. So not just us as Jewish people, as David wrote this psalm, but the hope of everybody is in you. Then he talks about the furthest seas and the mountains. You formed your power with a roaring seas. People of that day and time believed that the oceans were governed by gods and all sorts of crazy forces. And so that's where, like in the case of Jonah, you know, all the different sailors are praying. Because the seas were something that could destroy you and kill you. It was scary. So for the psalmist to say that God has formed the seas, and God stills the seas, and God stills the turmoil of the nations... The Psalmist David is saying that God's got everything in his power, even the thing that most of us think no one can control. God controls it. I love verse eight. Those living far away fear your wonders. Where morning dawns and evening fades. You call forth songs of joy. Coming out of COVID, I hadn't taken Hudson for a walk. I generally walk him at least twice a day, sometime around early in the morning in the six o'clock hour and then sometime in the eight o'clock hour in the evening and maybe in the middle if I have time. And so I was so weak and so tired that Hudson is pulling against me and he keeps looking back at me like, dude, what's your problem? And I would just say, slow, 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 because I want a slack lead there. And I want him to go the pace I'm going, even though it's much slower than he wants to go, because he's pretty excited to get out on a walk. That first morning, we went out on a walk. And the sky was alive. Orange and purple and pink. And all those different hues and the clouds catching all that light. And I can barely walk, and my dog wants me to go faster. And I thought about this verse. Where morning dawns and evening fades, you call forth songs of joy. I just had COVID. I didn't die. I didn't have cancer. I'm still here. I'm going to be fine. But look at the blessing of God and the sovereignty of his creation. And there I am again, walking my dog, just like always with a whole lot to be thankful for. I trust in your sovereignty, God. We move on to our fourth point. I experience God's care. I can be thankful in a world that isn't because God forgave me. God has saved me and called me into a relationship with him. God is sovereign. He's going to take care of everything I need. And I experience God's care. That's what those final verses are about. It's talking about the land being watered with rain and the trenches and the furrows and the crops growing, the grasslands growing, the hills are clothed with gladness, all these poetic images. It sounds so much better than for me to say to you, God gave you abilities, God gave you a job, and God provides for you. I mean, that doesn't sound very exciting, right? But when you put it in this poetic imagery, the meadows are covered with flocks and the valleys are mantled with grain. They shout for joy and sing. It's saying to us, God provides for us everything we need. One more reason we can be thankful. Let's summarize those things. Because I put them in summary there. Thankfulness comes from, and we've got the four points basically restated for you. And the first one is forgiveness. That God has forgiven me. He saved me from my sins. That's the foundation for all the gratitude and thankfulness of my life. I'm forgiven. Can I get an amen? Well, not just that I'm forgiven, that you're forgiven as well. The second one I called security. Security in your eternal salvation with God. The Bible says, well, Jesus says that if... You're in my hand and my Father's hand. No one can snatch you out of my hand. When you're saved, you're saved forever. And you are eternally secure. There will be times when the devil will tempt you against that. There will be times when you will wander away in sin and you will doubt that. But if you have trusted Jesus as your personal Savior and Lord, you are saved forever. If you have not... We need to talk about that. Or if you've got questions, we need to talk about that. But you are secure and your thankfulness comes from your forgiveness of your sins, but your security of your salvation. The third thing your thankfulness comes from is faith. You look around at all God's sovereignty. At everything that he's done. And you go, wow. Why do I like to travel? I like to travel to see the world's a whole lot bigger than what I live in day to day. That there are great mountains and great oceans and great forces and it takes a long time to get there. And God has done it all and arranged it all. And that's the God that I'm called to have faith in. The God that created this whole world and sets it to spinning and knows every person that there ever was. And orders all of our days. That's the God who loves me and I can have faith. Faith. Your fourth place thankfulness comes from is contentment. It's so easy to be discontent in our world, especially this season of the year when we begin to think about Christmas and giving and receiving gifts and making lists if that's what your family does and the things you want or the things you need to be discontent. But God has forgiven us He's called us into a relationship with Him that's eternal. He's given us faith to uh, look at everything He's done and know that He's going to care for us. And He's called us to Himself and we can be content. So your application question summarizes which root of thankfulness do I need today? Of those four things, forgiveness, forgiveness, Security, faith, contentment. Which one is the greatest challenge for you right now? Maybe none of them are. Maybe you are fully thankful already. But maybe you need to confess or surrender a secret sin. Maybe it's unforgiveness. Maybe it's anger. Maybe it's control. Maybe it's fear. Maybe it's pride. If so, do so. My desire is that each and every one of us can come to this season of Thanksgiving with a full and wholehearted proclamation that I am grateful. I am thankful. I am blessed. I am content because I belong to Jesus. Let's pray. God, our Father. There's so many things in this world to distract us from who you've called us to be. And how you've called us to live, and we're thankful for the many blessings you give us. But we pray that the blessings of this life, both the material blessings and the immaterial things. Would not so distract us. From the greater, the greater things, such as your forgiveness our salvation that you give us, all the provisions of life that you give us, that we would be content and thankful because of how blessed we are by you. So God, we pray this morning, if there's any soul here that knows they need to trust Jesus as their personal Savior and Lord, they'd make that commitment today, admitting that they've sinned, believing Jesus as their Savior, and saying that, yeah, he's my Savior. In the way of a right relationship with you, that we'd confess it. If we need accountability, if we need to confess it to someone else for encouragement, for someone to stand alongside us, man, would you stay too? Whatever it is, we ask in Jesus' name.